This is Nerd Cage Live! Derek! I'm in ya. Jay, why do you look like a lawyer? Because I'm going to court to see if I can sue someone for being lazy. I'm certain you can't. Who's the lazy person in question? You! You've been with Nerd Cage for about 20 minutes and you haven't even written a script yet. There's a lot to process here. What would you have me do? The title of the video is Top 10 Favorite Movies. Start there, or you're fired. And now we're breaking the meta. Uh, all right, you got it. Um, but, uh, since you're the boss, Jay? Yeah? If I can be fired, does that imply that I'm being paid? <laughs> you serious? Ask me that again, I'll tie you to the chair and subject you to every gamer we ever made. But I... But I like Gamera. He is friend of all children. And made of turtle meat. Really? Why well, do I think this was a good idea? Making me look like an asshole when I'm a somewhat normal guy. I don't hear this shit. Well, you heard the man. Let's talk cinema. How's it going, guys? I am Derek, aka I am the one who nerds over on Twitch, and my top 10 movies was actually really hard for me to do. So what I did was I actually just kept it to what I have in my physical collection, because in reality, my movie taste is always changing and fluctuating. Also, please know that my number 10 and my number one are going to be in the same spot of excellence because all of these movies are just fantastic for their own reasons. And because I can gush at them at quite the length, I'm going to try and keep this down to 15 minutes or thereabouts. And without much further ado, let's begin with number 10. My number 10 spot has to go to everything everywhere all at once. This movie was initially not even on my list to kind of prove my point of these movies are, they're kind of fluid in their ranking. But once I saw this, I realized that it's absolutely had to be on my list. And why did this movie in particular have to make my list? Well, let's get into the meat, or rather the everything bagel, and figure out what makes this movie tick. The short version is that this woman named Evelyn is slowly coming to grips with the fact that her entire life is falling apart. And so is the multiverse, and it's somehow connected to her. She has to discover things about herself, her family, and uh, basically balance all of that with the multiverse falling apart around her. We get kung fu, we get romance, we get a uh, Pixar movie. It goes all over the board, and it does it fantastically. And this movie is so bonkers, it actually kind of teaches you how to watch it. Not to mention, there are wonderful performances by the entire cast. I mean, this is already on Maggie's top 10, so that ought to tell you that two out of four, probably more <laughs> in the future, are going to agree that this movie is too good to pass up. The Daniels did an amazing job. You owe it to yourself to go watch this fantastically absurd just experience. My number nine spot has to go to Princess Mononoke from 1997. This was my first Ghibli film. I remember being so blown away by this, even as far away as daycare. I remember thinking to myself, Ew, princesses, this is going to suck. It did, in fact, not suck. And by the time the credits were rolling, I was floored. Prince Ashitaka is the prince of a dying tribe. To add insult to injury, the poor guy gets himself infected with a curse. A curse that requires him to stop a war with eyes unclouded by hate. And this message is so easy to follow. My little brain at that time was able to follow along with not only a pure pacifist message, but also a really excellent environmental message. Which, as I've gotten older, I recognize as being one of Ghibli's trademark themes. 
Ashitake is a real pacifist. So it's really interesting to see all these people that hate each other so much. And he still finds positives and brings them out to their forefront to even the worst character has a kind of redemption arc by the end of it. The gods themselves are like, dude, you're gonna die. And he's like, yeah, whatever. I just need to fix this. He's a really interesting character. And so are all the cast. While Ghibli has an amazing, amazing library of films, this is, with very little competition, my favorite. My number eight spot belongs to a movie called Spring from 2014. This comes to us from the crazed minds of Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. This is a particularly interesting film because it's one of the more slow burn films on my list and I believe has one of the best ending monologues I've ever personally seen in a film. The film follows a man named Evan who's on the run from the law and thinks to himself, you know what, I can't think of a better place to run to than Italy. We get some beautiful shots of Italy alongside this man's run. But he bumps into the beautiful Louise, who we come to find isn't a one-man woman. But that doesn't stop Evan from trying, and he kind of comes to regret that decision. This is a horror romance movie, which is kind of interesting in my opinion. But we really get to know these characters, and we also get to learn about the director's philosophies on a lot of things, how we view ourselves, even as something as simple as on a vacation. At the end of the day, I want to say this is probably... Yeah, this is one of the most one of the more beautiful films on my list for a lot of reasons. I hope you guys like it. You have to let me know if you've seen it or want to see it. My number seven spot has to belong to Old Boy from 2003. Yes, the 2003 film from Korea, not the American version. Try not to be too shocked there, Thanos. This is, with very little competition, the best revenge film I know of. This also wins a second award for being the best manga adaptation I have ever seen. And it has that truly unforgettable wonder. Also, Old Boy is the story of Odaisu, a man who gets himself picked up and thrown into a New York-style apartment. No, but really, it does kind of suck, and his life isn't really his own even when he tries to take it. He's in there for 15 years until he is one day miraculously let loose and told he needs to find the person who put him there. And he's more than happy to do so with 15 years of vengeance built up in that belly. There is a lot that happens in this film and it has a remarkable impact on cinema as a whole. That's not blowing smoke. Both the original dub and the English dub are absolutely a great way to watch this movie. So don't let the American version fool you into thinking you need to see it in order to understand what the hell happens in this movie. Now, be warned, there is some very graphic stuff that happens in this movie, but if you're able to hold your tongue long enough, you might be able to enjoy this flick. My number six spot has to go to The Matrix from 1999. This film had so much influence over Little Derek, and I wanted to be Neo so damn bad, I actually went out and got myself a trench coat during middle school and probably put a lot of worried looks on a lot of parents. But that being said, this movie is hard to ignore in terms of its influence over pop culture of the time. I don't think I really need to go into the plot of this one because I'm willing to bet everybody here has seen it. But at the time, this was something nobody had ever seen before. At least this was like a real introduction into cyberpunk in a way that we had never seen before. So we're gonna go ahead and cut this one a little short. You can argue the other movies but the fact of the matter is the original is definitely the best. My number five spot absolutely has to go to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. In my mind, this is the best comic book movie 
that has been made. I have my reasons. Let's start with the fact that something as simple as Miles throwing a bagel at a scientist and the thwack onomatopoeia appearing over his head feels so right and very comic booky, and it's something that the live-action films can't replicate. Furthermore, the actual animation tells a story as well. They actually made it to where Miles was moving a few frames slower than the other spider people to kind of signify that he was not really fitting in yet. But after that skyscraper sequence, his whole frame rate changes, and he's able to keep up with them. And that is an intention to detail that I truly love. Also worth noting is that amazing voice cast. We have Haley Sidfried, Mahershala Ali, Shamalik Moore, Jake Johnson. We even have Nicolas Cage in this movie. This It's so much fun to watch. If you haven't seen it, do yourself this favor. Go see it right now. My number four spot has to go to Parasite from 2019. This is one of those movies that is very similar to Everything Everywhere because it's a multi-genre film and it does each genre fantastically. We start off with a heist flick that turns into a supernatural horror that turns into a class warfare film. You might be thinking to yourself, a lot of those don't make a hell of a lot of sense together, but allow me to assure you they absolutely do. Follow the Kim family, who's really poor, and they come up with a way to make a lot of money and basically legally rob the Park family, who is very, very wealthy, like disgustingly wealthy. But they come to soon realize that their intentions and even their motives are not original to themselves. This movie did so well, it actually got an American Academy Award. Bong Joon-ho is no slouch when it comes to directing. We've seen him in Snowpiercer and The Host, but this is easily my favorite film of his because of just how fluid he's able to tell this story. We get some amazing performances out of everybody involved. The twists and turns are just out of nowhere, but they feel perfect. It, it's just a very good movie. If you haven't seen it, shut up and do it. I'm getting angry about it. My number three goes to Evil Dead 2 from 1987. In my mind, this is the perfect horror sequel. It does everything that makes the original great and then improves upon it. And to me, that's what makes this movie so damn groovy. Though the plot is a soft reboot, we follow a man named Ash Williams who's only trying to squat in the middle of the woods with his girlfriend in an abandoned camp. Right? It's abandoned? It's not abandoned. It's actually host to a evil tape recorder that has the lines to the Necronomicon translated within, and his girlfriend gets possessed, and it makes him go crazy when he has to kill her. But unfortunately, his troubles aren't over yet. The original owners are actually on their way to the cabin, so will Ash be able to save them and his own sanity? Eh, probably not, but it's definitely a hell of a thrill ride to figure out what happens. Ash is one of my favorite horror protagonists. We get to see him at his lowest and at his highest. We see him go crazy. We see him get sick of this shit and get on board with ass-kicking deadites. Oh god, it's so great. While Army of Darkness is definitely Bruce Campbell having fun, I think that this is the most Ash he ever has been. This is my go-to horror film for a very good reason, because it is just packed to the brim with practical effects, gore galore, enough to probably drown some poor soul, and is somehow a perfect balance of comedy and horror and action-adventure towards the end. Again, there's a lot that's retreaded here, but it somehow manages to keep it fresh. About as fresh as a severed hand. Okay, I need to stop myself from gushing like that wall with the hole in it. My number two spot is probably going to end up being my most controversial. 
because it's Star Wars A New Hope from 1977. This is so weird to me, but as an avid fan of the films, the original films, I, there wasn't all of this putrid anger towards the franchise. And I appreciate, to some degree, why people are up in arms about why things are the way they are. I have my own opinions on them, but let's try and focus on the original. The original to me, when I was a kid, was about a guy stuck in the desert, which I was, uh, being told he needed to fight in this great war. This movie is a perfect blend of original, like, Celtic, go save the princess in the castle, but turning it into a sci-fi. And it doesn't, like, it never really clashes. Like, it always felt organic. It all kind of worked. I mean, come on, they gave us these! <laughs> Now, the plot was about a little desert boy going off and fighting in a great war, but it was mostly about, like, hope and being able to be more than just the sum of your farmer parts. You are, in fact, someone who can go out there and do anything you set your mind to, and you kind of have this weird destiny waiting for you. It's a great fantasy, and frankly, I, I, I will always love these movies. And it's kind of weird that I have to defend myself preemptively. <laughs> Did you have any doubt? Was there even any question that this wouldn't be number one? If for some reason you're saying yes to both of those questions, hi, my name is Derek and I make it no secret that Godzilla is my favorite film franchise ever. I'm going entirely off script here because I can do this all day but I'll make it as brief as I can. I am including all films from the franchise because, god damn, like, these are my comfort movies, these are my, like, intellectual big thinky movies, and you're probably thinking to yourself, if you don't know, you're probably thinking, dude, it's just about a dude in a rubber suit knocking over buildings. And I would argue, no, actually, they are not. It depends on which movie you're watching. You can go from something as simple as an anti-nuke message, and then three films later, we're talking about the television boom of the 60s, and the gambling, and mafiosos, it, it, it just keeps going. Environmental messages that are just a little too wacky, it goes on. So yeah, there are the simple movies. No arguments there, but there are the movies that do have a profound message. Not to mention the craftsmanship that went into these movies. Just making those damn suits is incredible. Like, you can tear this whole damn thing apart. Um, I, 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 like, oh. Okay, I need, to, I need to stop gushing for a second. Hold on. <laughs> Practicality. Like, the, the showmanship, the craftsmanship of making the miniatures, making the full-blown suits. That is worthy of study. There are entire library sections dedicated to just how much went into just these movies. <laughs> I love these movies so damn much I actually went out and made myself a little, like, retrospective during the pandemic. I'm even gonna go out on a limb and, well, maybe not a limb, but I am putting a target on my back to some of the community by saying I even like the legendary films. 
Put, put the pitchforks away. Put them down. I like the legendary films because they're not as big thinky. They're actually more like Saturday morning cartoon charm. And I think that's kind of that there definitely is an appeal to those. It does host one of the worst films, in my opinion, of the entire franchise. I still do like the legendary films for the most part. They're just, they're kind of harmless fun. I've gone on record as saying Godzilla vs. Megalon is like the first thing I actually remember as a sentient human being. I know how silly they are, but if you actually dig into them, they are a little bit deeper than a lot of people tend to give them credit for here in the West. Okay. All right, I need to calm down. <laughs> so there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for joining me on this weird little adventure through my film preferences. Uh, let me know what you guys thought in the comments below. I'd love to hear what your opinions are, what your top tens are. Hit that thumb up, hit that subscribe, hit the bell, hit the, 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 the thing that makes it spread like syphilis. You know what you gotta do. It's the YouTubes. And guys, really, I, I really do want to say thank you for listening to me for what is probably well over the usual time limit. I love these films and I feel like even these short explanations doesn't do them enough justice. So please, please go see them. Uh, go support them physically. Make sure to like Maggie's video. Make sure to like Joe's video. Make sure to like Jay's video. Make sure to sub up to Nerd Cage Live. And of course, guys, please be sure to take care of yourselves out there. 